0: This episode is brought to you by Paramount Plus. Get in, loser! Mean Girls is now streaming on Paramount Plus. Join Katie Heron as she meets the plastics and Tina Fey's new twist on the modern classic. Get ready for more of the rumors, backstabbing, and jokes you loved from the original movie with some fetch surprises. Rated PG 13. Wear pink and head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. From the After Nine Podcast Studios, this, this is the award winning After Nine with Scott and Kat.
1: Powered by Tony Johal, broker at Remax Twin City. Your home sold guaranteed, or he'll buy it.
0: Hey now! What's going on?
1: Let's talk about some shit here. Let's, Let, let's get right let's into get
0: it. Get right into it. What's on your mind today, Scott? What's going on?
1: A million and one things, and we'll talk about the public service and teachers coming up in a few minutes. Okay. I'm warning everyone in advance, I'm gonna have some fairly controversial takes <gasps> on this.
0: Unpopular opinions?
1: No, they'll be very popular, but not with teachers or the public service. Okay. Everyone else is going to agree, Okay, but not teachers or the public service. Actually, I take that back. Some teachers are going to agree because some teachers have a very high standard for themselves. They have a high work ethic, and they think that professionalism should trump all else okay. in education. All right, It's other teachers that don't feel that way.
0: Okay, I'm curious.
1: First off, tomorrow there won't be an after nine. And tomorrow, there won't be a, a Scott and Cat radio show. In mm-hmm. fact, tomorrow, there won't be any radio shows. There won't be a, a, a Tucker and Mora. There won't be a Roz and Mocha. There won't be a, any of the other ones. They're just not going to happen tomorrow because tomorrow is National Truth and Reconciliation Day. And broadcast is covered under federal jurisdiction. We're federally regulated and it's a federal holiday. So we tomorrow are off.
0: Yeah, we're basically what the reasons why is because we are taking the time to be quiet. We talk a lot. That's what we do for a living. But now we are allowing uh, people with stories, indigenous voices, if you will, to be heard. And that's kind of the whole purpose of doing that. So you're going to hear the same stories across the board, no matter what station that you uh, enjoy listening to, that's what you're going to hear. And I think that that's
1: great of the Canadian broadcast system. It's amazing what happens when you let private broadcasters get together and collaborate and you have a network, a national network of radio stations, all telling Indigenous stories, and it's part of of the Truth and Reconciliation Commission's recommendations that we have this holiday and that we listen. So broadcast is stepping up to do it. We're off so that that can happen. But it's not a holiday for everybody. And again, just like we talked about when they declared it a holiday, the day of the Queen's funeral, when some are off and others are not, it creates a lot of confusion. So tomorrow, transit is going to run as usual. Schools will be open. As usual, you will see most retail open Mm -hmm. as usual, but the typical offenders, the banks, the federal employees, the uh, government offices, they're all closed. There's no court tomorrow yeah. there's no a lot of insurance companies apparently are closing because it's yeah. too difficult to do business you with some open and that's some not right.
0: you can't close deals because the banks are closed there's a lot that trickles down after that once you have banks closed Canada Post even will affect some businesses so they'll say ah forget it like don't even bother coming in because we can't do a lot of our job so a lot of places will opt to shut down even though they're not federally regulated so yeah we're getting like dribs and drabs this morning we learned of a couple of uh, places that won't be open I find it to be like a, a strange one For us, yes, we're off. It's like, hey, cool, it's a long weekend, but that's kind of the weird, that's not the right way to approach it, really. So so happy day of reflection to you for tomorrow. Is that what we're going to go with? I guess so. But it sucks that it's not across the board because and even those in the indigenous community have said, This needs to be federally regulated as as a holiday. This needs to be a stat holiday. Do you agree?
1: It should be a stat holiday or it shouldn't be a stat holiday. But we created it as a holiday. So if that's Mm -hmm. the guidance, the provinces should fall in line. And I get it. Doug's getting it from all angles. He's probably hearing from the the Canadian Federation of Independent Business again. He's probably hearing it from the unions. He's probably getting it from all over the place. He's got a bunch of pissed off teachers that have to go to school uh, and and work, whereas other jurisdictions, they're off. It's confusing. And they really need to get on the same page. We either agree as a society that Mm -hmm. Truth and Reconciliation Day is a holiday or we agree that it's just a day on the calendar. We, we pause for a moment of reflection and then we move on with our day. Like Remembrance like a Day.
0: Remembrance day but that's even right. that's
1: a federal holiday, but not a stat. Exactly. So Is they,
0: it confusing? All of it.
1: Everybody, I know that the government doesn't like to talk to its counterparts for whatever reason. But you guys at the province, at Queen's Park, and you guys in Ottawa, the House of Commons, need to find a way to get on the same page. I'll be honest with you. I don't know how the fuck I'm supposed to celebrate tomorrow. I think I wear well, an orange shirt, but and then, that's all I know.
0: And then at the same time, it's like, it's not supposed, it's not supposed to be a celebration. It's a day of reflection. Right. And I think that the message, the message needs to be there. And I'm sure that we're going to teach children in school young. I don't know what the, what the curriculum calls for in this case. I assume that by now boards have been given information about what they do. I know, for example, we were supposed to send our kids in orange shirts orange shirt day, Um, whether you're at a, you're drop your child off at a childcare center or whether it is in a school. Uh, I know a lot of them are doing it. So I assume that will come with a lesson. I don't know how deep they go.
1: It's a, a real slippery slope when you continuously grant the public service a holiday that the rest of the people don't get. They've got to get it together. And speaking of those orange shirts, I'm actually a little pissed off because I'd like to participate tomorrow in truth and reconciliation day. I'd like to hear more from the indigenous community, and I'd like to be supportive by wearing an orange shirt. The problem is you can't get them anywhere. Mm-hmm. And and you can go on yeah. Etsy. Okay, fine, Etsy's great, but they're taking like 10 days for delivery and it's 20 bucks to get a shirt delivered. It's more for delivery than it is for the shirt. You can go on Amazon. They've got some, but not the, the main one, not the this year one. The two retailers that I've seen carrying it and advertising it the most seem to be Canadian Tire and Walmart. Well I went to giant
0: tiger's another big one too. If you have the locations near you and not everybody does.
1: Not everybody does. And they're
0: sold out, by the way.
1: (laughs) And I went to Walmart yesterday and I went up to an employee and I said, Hey, do you guys have any more of the orange shirts? She actually laughed at me. Ha ha ha. No, they've been sold out for a while. Yeah. yeah. You're fucking Walmart. Get more in. It's not hard. Like there's clearly demand. Don't laugh at someone for asking an obvious question.
0: Yeah. Be prepared. Yeah. Look, we did. We do know that the day is coming, but there's a lot of people who do want to support yearly. Like you said, there's actually shirts that are per year and every single year to support that cause I think is great. And as long as it goes to a good cause, because that's the other problem I have right now is, okay, I'm looking at these people selling orange shirts. Where's the money going though? It's not even saying, whereas others, yes, they do say, and they're very clear. This is where the money is going and it's for charity or a good cause, whatever it is. But some are just like, so up in the air, you're like, I'm not sure where I'm putting my money. And then it is also one of those things where it's orange shirt day. So it's not necessarily every child matter shirt day at schools and everything else because they also don't want to make families feel as though they have to spend money. Families are hurting right now. Uh, a lot of them are uh, financially. So. No, they'll
1: make you feel like you need to spend money when it's to buy their, their clothes. Stuff. Exactly. Yes, they're yes.
0: branded, their spirit wear, what have you. Yeah, That's yeah. no problem to Absolutely. shame you into that. Yeah, but not all of them are offering the orange shirts either. So I think it's one of those things where we can be forgiven for the next little while. Let's remember to stock up Walmart giant tiger also selling them. Um, obviously the demand is there, like you said, so maybe they're learning as they go and maybe next year it'll be a different story.
1: Tim Hortons has got it together. They're doing orange donuts tomorrow. Great. Go ahead. Sell them. Donate the proceeds to a great cause. That's good. Fine. Let's get other people on the same page here. I have never seen Walmart say, no, sorry, we can't get any t-shirts in. Yes, you can try harder. You've known this was coming for 364 days. Same with you, Canadian Tire.
0: Let's get on it. I saw them selling it early on too. That said, like, it, I want to say August, I started to see them um, in some stores, but maybe this needs to be a year round thing. Maybe. I hope that you, you know what, order now, go ahead. So people can get, plan in advance for next year even, or whatever, if the demand is that high.
1: I'm going to talk about a couple of things that are, are bugging me right now about our government of all levels. So we'll start off here with the uh, Bank of Canada. My favorite those fuckers. The Bank of Canada was told by the International Monetary Fund, after a review of Canada's bank's transparency practices, you should start telling the public what goes on in your meetings. You should start publishing your minutes. The Canadian people should be able to find out how the bank is thinking. When you... Tiff Macklem and your council of idiots goes in to decide what are we going to do with interest rates Mm -hmm. and what impact will it have? The public should be able to be witness to those deliberations. We should be able to hear the train of thought and hear the reasoning for why they've raised interest rates five times in one year.
0: How dare we want to know something that impacts us so greatly, right? Yeah. And again, this is
1: the International Monetary Fund having to tell the Bank of Canada be a little more transparent here, guys.
0: Do other people do that but other place? Other countries do that, by yeah, the way? Yeah, damn right Well, then they we do. should get on that train.
1: So here's the thing. The Bank of Canada agrees. Sure, sure, sure. We will be more transparent starting in January.
0: <laughs> it takes that long for them to figure that out? Like Apparently why? it takes
1: that long for them to why? figure out how to publish the minutes of a meeting.
0: Is that because they are already predicting that January things will look a little bit better and that's why? I think that they've had
1: it in their mind for a very long time that they wanted six interest rate hikes this year. And come hell nor high water, they're going to make it happen because it feels like the goal is to bankrupt the middle class. And they're doing a very, very efficient job Mm -hmm. at that. A lot of people are getting down to the wire there with whatever savings they had. Their mortgages have gone up. And the Bank of Canada has made it clear they're going to raise them again in October. They've strongly hinted that Mm -hmm. they're going to raise them again next month. So we won't get any transparency into the six rate hikes in one year. But after the damage is done, then they'll start being more transparent with us. Mm. That's our Bank of Canada. Those are the people that are leading us. We'll be transparent after we do the dirty work and get this shit done. Then we'll start letting you in on it. It's wrong. It's completely wrong. And frankly, I don't understand why it's so taboo for the federal government to step in and intervene here. I, I just don't get it when the entire economy is being impacted by the decisions that these people make. On top of that, Ontario's long term care homes are getting better at installing air conditioning for their residents. More than 90% of Ontario's long term care homes now provide air conditioning in all of their resident rooms. You'll probably recall a cat back in June, it was made law. If you operate a long term care home, if you're going to have our most precious and delicate senior citizens living with you in your care, you can't put them in a room with no air conditioning. It was 45 degrees at times this summer. Yeah, it's, it's, it's borderline cruel. It's cruel. It's yeah. sickening that they don't already have it voluntarily. So we passed a law, but not everybody complied. In late August, the Ministry of Long-Term Care said 554 out of our 627 homes were compliant. And another 24 homes were expected to meet the standard by September 22nd. Well, as of this week, 21 more homes have installed air conditioning. Okay. At what point can we just stop messing around with these people? At what point do we say, listen, you fuckers, you have been making a profit off of these people. God knows what happened during COVID and the practices that were in place there, but I don't think there's any long-term care homes that can say they had zero COVID deaths. Mm -hmm. So they were ordered to put in this air conditioning. And if they haven't done it at this point, when do we just go in and rip the license off the wall and just say, you're shut down, Yeah, no more. It's not a negotiation. We're not talking about it. If you went into a restaurant that was uh, demonstrating unsafe hygiene practices. Maybe cooks weren't washing their hands or they didn't properly brine the chicken before they cooked it. Whatever it is, public health will walk in and rip the license off the wall. You're shut down until you're compliant. Why can't we do that with these long-term care homes that refuse to respect the law and take care of these senior citizens? Again, our most precious and delicate citizens. Mm -hmm. How can we just let this go on with a, well... One more warning and then we'll give you a fine. No, shut yeah. them down. Crack down. If, if they don't have air conditioning, shut
0: them uh, you down. You know, all it takes is for someone to have tr- an experience there and then they'll change their tune. But unfortunately, that doesn't register with a lot of people. And I remember my grandma in, in her l- end of days, We had a, it was the middle of... I think it was July and it was a fan on her. Like it had to be a fan on her constantly because it was warm in there. It's like, these are people that we're supposed to be protecting. Like you said, they're, they're our most vulnerable. uh, Many of them in their end of end of day uh, care really. And that's, it's surprising to me that we haven't had that done earlier. It's, Terrible. And yeah, absolutely fine. I don't know about shutting them down because what does that do for the citizens that live inside the buildings? However, find them, find them big, make them pay. And hopefully the families of those people in there aren't the ones that are actually going to be paying. That would be my, that would be my only thing. I
1: happen to like the idea of having a mix of private and public long-term care. I think that that has benefits and advantages. And I do think there's some people who would definitely opt for that private care as opposed to the public care. Mm -hmm. No doubt. But if you're going to be in the public system and not comply with the rules that apply to everyone else, I don't know how you're still in business because it wouldn't work that way in most other businesses. It's the law. Install air conditioning in the residents' rooms. Mm-hmm. It's the least you can do. Right. And it's not like they're working for free here. Those, those homes are charging these people good money, by the way. Uh, another thing. Geez, I'm on a roll today. I'm just, everything is... Event. It just, it just seems like everything is wrong, cat. Ontario's appeal court is now going to hear a case in which the Ford government is seeking to mandate a math proficiency test for new teachers. A lower court struck down the math proficiency test because it found it had a disproportionate effect on racialized teachers when it was first implemented last year. The government argued in divisional court that argued that the divisional court made legal errors, including using too low of a threshold to determine discrimination. The government introduced this test as part of an effort to improve student scores on standardized math tests. Is it really, really too much to ask for the new teachers coming into the system to write a math test so we can make sure we know where they're at? I mean, didn't we learn during COVID that even though you're a a drama teacher, shit happens and you may end up teaching a math class. Mm -hmm. Even though you're a language arts teacher, well, you might have to teach gym. That's just all there is to it. It happens all the time. It happens all all the the time. time. I don't think it's unreasonable. To ask the new hires coming into the system, can you just take a quick test and prove to us you know some basics about math? Right up to grade nine math. If you can pass a grade nine proficiency math test, which you should be able to do as a university graduate with a teaching certificate, just write the test and we're good. That way we can go to parents and say, we've got somebody who knows what they're talking about teaching your kid math. Why is that so hard? How did it disproportionately affect racialized teachers? I don't understand this at all. It's a very simple, basic thing. Before you get the, the final sign-off to go and work in the class, you got to write a math test. And if you don't do well on the math test, you're going to have to take a course to upgrade your skills. A quick one, online probably. It's not hard. Why, is, why can we not have a basic minimum threshold for you got to at least know this, this, and this to teach? I don't understand what the problem is there.
0: I mean, I don't know if I, 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 Hey, I suck at math. So hearing that just makes me cringe and that's fine. I'm not up for one of those people that might be teaching your kids one day. So it's all good. I don't know how it works. Um, I don't know how it works now, but I can tell you, I have teacher friends, teacher friends who've been asked to cover things. And what are those being math? And it was just covering. It wasn't, Hey, you're going to teach this for the whole year right. or the semester, or whatever it is. It was a, Hey, you're filling in. We really need a body. And in that case, I think it's fine personally. You can read off of stuff. You can tell people to work on a book. I think that as long as you have a body in there presenting it and hosting it, I think it's okay. Uh, But yeah, I mean, if you're expected to teach a course on anything, doesn't it make sense that you kind of know the material?
1: You should kind of know the material.
0: I suppose. I know. Now, I don't know about the whole, uh, about how it's disproportionate. racially. I don't know any details about that. Maybe someone can fill us in on something we're not sure of, but I think just across the board, if you're going to teach this course for the year... Know the stuff,
1: yeah. I would think I th- so, I right? Think that I mean,
0: I think that that's okay. That's that's okay to, to ask of someone just mm-hmm. to know what you're going to teach them. If I were to teach broadcasting tomorrow, if they were like, "Hey, cat, we need someone to teach cool," but it's in sales, I'd be like, "Oh, fuck! Well, I got to do a lot of studying. I'm not going to go in there unless I know what I'm talking about." Thank
1: you, right? Yeah.
0: So I, I think, but you it, also don't I, know
1: going in what they're going to ask you to teach. It could be any part of broadcast. That's
0: true, yeah. Um, but but I think it's on. It's a responsibility that you have as a teacher, at least. Can we say at least like a couple weeks in advance? Like you should at least know the material a couple weeks in advance. Like, I don't know if we're asking people to know everything about the entire course. I, I don't know, but at least to know what you're talking about. <laughs> Just don't read ahead, kids, because I don't know anything about that. <laughs> Seriously. no, nope, don't know. Just ask me about this week's material only, please. Am I oversimplifying this?
1: I mean, you're welcome to reach out to me. Yeah, I... tell
0: us, tell us, please, because I don't know. I wouldn't know.
1: It seems bizarre that anyone would even object to this. It seems bizarre to me that anyone would even question why this is necessary. You can debate whether or not it's useful, but it's probably necessary to prove that you have a basic understanding of some of these basic things, which the government has, itself has already said is a priority.
0: But haven't we all had those teachers where we think they don't know what they're fucking talking about? Because yeah. I have. Yeah. And I'm talking high, grade school, high school and college. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm talking to everywhere. I've, I've had those teachers where I'm like, do you do you know this material? I don't know if you do but you're just winging it and good on you for winging it. Maybe I do the same in that position. I don't know.
1: One more. Ontario's financial watchdog says the province may need to increase wages to attract more than 138,000 new workers who are going to be needed in the public sector over the next five years. A report released by the Financial Accountability Office, they're public servants, by the way, on public sector compensation says Ontario is facing high vacancy rates. The report says public sector wage growth is below inflation. It says the province saved $9.7 billion under legislation capping public sector raises at 1% a year for three years. But they warn a court challenge could all but wipe that out. So let's talk about this for a second. We all know how it went down. The Ford government came into power. The books were a disaster. It was a hot mess. They said, okay, fine. We're not saying no to wage increases. We're saying we're going to cap it each year at 1%. So basically, you can still get your raise every Mm -hmm. year, but it's not going to be some big cash windfall because the taxpayers can't afford that right now. Then COVID came along and made it even further affordable. Unaffordable. Made it even further from affordable. That's what I'm going with. They did. Now, as it turns out, the government on paper- paid $9.7 billion less than what the Financial Accountability Office estimates they would have paid. Well, that's a complete hypothetical here because that was the law. One percent. You get a one percent pay increase each year for three years. I have no increases built into my contract. None. I have no increases there. I'm certainly not guaranteed a raise every single year. A
0: lot of big companies do that though. Some do. They're anywhere between 1%. Usually that's the, that's a, that's low. You don't notice that on a paycheck. Like it's fucking garbage to me. Like, give me a, give me a 1% raise. Thanks. Thanks a lot. I mean,
1: like who says you're entitled to a raise? Did your performance increase? Yeah, exactly. Did, well, and again, there's a lot of reasons to assume sure, that maybe you're not even entitled to it. But a
0: that's race. why there's usually a system in place for a lot of bigger companies, right? Where it's a minimum of one, but you really have to shit the bed all year to get a one. Usually it might be closer to a two or a three. And again, it does depend on the company. So I think they're on track with a lot of companies that do that. But again, I'd argue like a 1% is kind of like a slap in the face. Really, eh? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you say?
1: Well, I mean, they're exceptionally well paid. The people in the public service make far more than their compare, than their uh, counterparts in the private sector. They get paid so well.
0: Right. I, can I just say, too, I think it, it depends what you do for a living and the importance of it. Sure. I know that sounds bad, but there are some that are not as important as others. That's just the way it's always kind of going to be.
1: There's some people who really think that no matter what they do in the public service, they should be getting up to six figures. Whether you are... Uh, a librarian in a school, or you are running the desk at Service Ontario, or you're doing whatever it is, that you're driving a bus for Metrolinx, you should be making six figures. And I'll be honest with you, when I look at the cost of living right now, when I look at how expensive it is to work and live mm-hmm. in Ontario, I don't necessarily disagree with you. But one thing everybody needs to keep in mind here is the public service is very well paid. They get really good benefits They're guaranteed a raise every single year. They do have the right to bargain collectively, and typically they hold all the rest of us hostage based on that, or that's the way it's gone in many of the negotiations in the past. They've always gotten very good raises. Is it possible here, even possible, that maybe we've maxed out on how much certain positions are worth? At the end of the day, we have to ask ourselves, we get that you want to, to be a millionaire answering the phones at a, an elementary school. We, we get that you want that. But at the end of the day, that position's only worth so much money and you've maxed out. But the government isn't even saying that. They'll just keep giving you your raise every single year. Where are we getting the value from here? Because I have no problem with paying people what they're worth. What they're worth is what they should get paid. And if they could make more in the private sector, I'd encourage them to do it. In fact, here, I encourage you, if you're in the public service and you're not happy with how much you make, go to the private sector. How many are doing that? Because the financial accountability- trying to
0: get in is the hard part, actually. A lot of people want to. It's hard to get in.
1: The the Financial Accountability Office says we need 138,000 more public sector workers- to cover vacancies. And the government needs to start paying more to be competitive. With who? Themselves? Other, There's only certain
0: pro- jobs. Is it other provinces or something? No, we're
1: not losing people to other provinces. Yeah, certain so it's provinces not that? pay more, certain provinces pay less. Sure, okay. That's just the way it works. Ontario is the machine. It's the one that cranks through almost everything in the economy. It all goes through Ontario. And our public service, as valued as they are, there's certain positions that are only worth a certain amount. Sorry, but that's true. Should we be paying somebody $100,000 a year to what? Clean a park? Just because they've been with the company or with the, the, the staff for 40 years? Or can we say, well, you know, I mean, we could get a student to do this and it would end up costing us about 30000 a year and the job arguably might even get done better. At what point do we say enough's enough? And maybe that depends on the industry. Maybe that depends on the specific employee, but that's not what we're talking about here. They, as a collective, want to bargain for huge wage increases that are just not
0: sustainable for us. I know it's impossible, but I wish we could go like person by person. I know it's not possible, but I want to, I mean, you look at the sunshine list, right? Which by the way, used to be like a huge deal. The sunshine list. You make over a hundred thousand dollars. Holy shit. Let's publish these names. You're riches. You're as can be. Now it's like the goddamn phone book. There's a ton of people in there, right? We yeah. know that. But when I look at those sunshine lists and I look at, um, and teachers, okay, all I will point you out teachers to be one of those. And I look at teachers and I've looked at sunshine lists and I know some of them <laughs> and I go, yes. Thankfully, that person right there, I know they deserve that $106,000 a year that they make. They are good people. They're good teachers. I would love for my kid to be in their class. And then I look at another name and I'm like, that could be the worst teacher ever. This could be an asshole because I've had asshole teachers before that aren't there for the students that aren't doing this and that. And they're making 110. How does that make sense? So I really wish when it comes to that, we could go person by person. Let's review you. Let's go through your reviews from all of your students let's and your peers for that matter. And let's see where you sit. It just seems We're like- not going to live in that world. Don't get me wrong. We're never going to live in that world but i kind of i kind of do think so because we could shop some stuff from off the top just in the school system alone from people who are like who are lazy and there's lazy people in the public sector just like there are hard-working people in the public sector the, give them the money
1: there's a lot of people with their hand out saying i want more i deserve more i need more you got to give me more or i'll walk i'll withdraw my services
0: Okay. Make room for the good people. Then I know I know that there's people but, that, that want to walk that are good. Don't get me wrong. But I was just going to say there also doesn't seem to be a lot of
1: accountability there in a lot of cases. I mean here here's a whole group of people that wants a huge raise and they want it retroactive for the last three years. It, it would cost about ten billion dollars they estimate if this this Bill 24 or whatever it is uh, the one percent law is. Uh, is reversed or found to be unconstitutional or or whatever it is that they're arguing there it would cost us a hell of a lot of money just an absolute ton of money just as we're starting at the provincial level to make a little bit of progress pay down some debt and get close to a balanced book that's great i'm glad that we're at that point but having to pay out this kind of money arbitrarily with no review with no performance review really mm-hmm. yeah like cad said there's a lot of people out there that are taking a check that aren't earning it no they're not worth it Mm-mm. but everybody gets the raise arbitrarily i don't know if i like that right i don't think i do like that and frankly as a taxpayer watching my money go here there over there all over the fucking place i'd kind of like a little bit of accountability you, you want this money, you want this raise, you as a teacher demand to get paid more as a brand new teacher, but you don't even wanna write a math test to show that you know the, the stuff that you could be teaching? Really? That doesn't seem right to me. Something's gotta give here. This seems very, very backwards. This doesn't seem like common sense at this point when we're just arbitrarily handing out money. And if you don't get what you want, you either strike and inconvenience the public or you go to the courts and just keep going through the cycle until you find a judge that agrees with you. It's crazy to me. How much money do we have? How much money can we afford to pay out? Now I'll say if it's worth it, we should pay for it. But we need to ask if it's worth it. Sure. And I don't be know if I've heard a good answer for that. There's
0: got to be maybe that then that's where the system would come into play. Some some form of system.
1: We just heard uh, I think it was the Financial Accountability Office again. warn. if we don't start spending money now to mitigate the effects of climate change, it's going to cost us even more down the line repairing shit that gets damaged because of climate change. OK, let's have that conversation then. I don't know that we necessarily need to rebuild Queens Park with special reinforced beams or whatever it is mm-hmm. so it doesn't blow over if, God forbid, a hurricane actually hits Toronto. But if you tell me we can do it now for a million dollars, if we wait until it actually blows over in a hurricane, it'll cost 20 million. I'm more inclined to want to spend the million now. Mm-hmm. I'm on, I'm on the, the same page with you guys on that one but we've got to go case by case and make it make sense because we don't have an infinite amount of money. Throwing around money that we don't have is exactly why we're in the position we're in now with skyrocketing interest rates and inflation that is out of control. It just doesn't make sense. Somebody make it make sense because I I don't know where people think the money's coming from. I really don't. We need all those people in the, the public service Maybe we should take a look at the public service. Maybe maybe the problem isn't <clears throat> that we don't have enough people. Maybe the problem here is we have too many people. And when there's too many people all pulling from the same pot, that's why salaries are where they are. Maybe if we got rid of some of the public service, we could increase the wages. That's a conversation I'm totally willing to have. But as an, an overall, it's not sustainable what we're doing. It's not. It's just like the hospital argument all over. Every time there's a problem in the hospitals throw money at it. Nobody asks where the money's going or if it's needed, where it gets placed.
0: It just goes. (laughs) Well, and then we hear, oh, it was supposed to go here. That doesn't happen. I haven't seen any proof of that. So where is that money going? I I don't know. I mean,
1: for two years, we've heard nothing but about the number of beds that they're opening. Uh, Oh, great. uh, We opened all these beds. uh, Then why are the emergency rooms still overflowing? In
0: the healthcare sector. That scares me the most. Stop throwing money at shit. Stop just arbitrarily
1: promising it out. Let's go and sit down with a fine tooth comb and a red pen to the budget and figure it out. But to just arbitrarily say, what do you guys want? A 2% raise? 3%? 4%? Oh, inflation's what? 8%? You want an 8% raise? Okay. And you want it retroactive? Okay. Ontario's bankrupt. Across the board. See you later. Yeah,
0: across the board. Again, that's where I have issue with it too, is, we, is the across the board. C- can you get creditor protection as a
1: province? Can, can, we, can we call a licensed insolvency trustee? Hey, everybody, government of Ontario here. We don't have any money, so we're going to arrange a payment plan to pay you guys back. Can we do that? Because that's what it's coming to. It really is. We are out of money. And, and it's bananas to me that we keep throwing it out there with nothing coming back in the way of accountability or even benchmarks for success the absolute minimum. It's, it's an archaic system, but the best we had to measure the success of our students in school was standardized tests. I've heard nothing but opposition from teachers unions about those standardized tests. They want to scrap them. Why? That's the only way we have to know how we're doing as a province and whether or not what we're teaching is working.
0: I mean, I'm not a fan of the standardized tests for students personally. But we can get into that another time.
1: We will get into that another time. You're absolutely right. Okay. Uh, Let's get to a couple of other
0: things here.
1: Uh, (laughs) 32 minutes in. All right. (laughs)
0: There's a couple other things. There's a couple other
1: things. There is. You've had to call customer service before. No doubt. I have. Yeah. Yep. They ask people trying to improve the way that we do customer service. And okay. It's very basic, right? You phone the 1-800 number. They'll put you through about 10 minutes of press one for this, press five for that, sure. stay on the line and talk to a live person, even though there is no live person, because by the time you've waited on hold for half an hour, you realize the office isn't even open, yeah. and you were doing that for nothing. You know, We've all got our pet peeves about customer service. They ask people, though, how can we improve the system? Only 46% of customer service issues actually get resolved. Oh. I.e., when you phone Kojiko, your cable company, and say, hey, fucking TV's not working. What's going (laughs) on? Help. Only 46% of the time can that actually be resolved in that case. That's a narrow example, but you get what I mean. Yeah. The poll found over a quarter of us would rather do our own taxes, go to the dentist... Or stand in line at Service Ontario over waiting on hold to talk to customer service. Oh, boy. That's how bad the problem is. So they asked, what are the worst parts of it? What's the one thing that drives you over the edge? I've got a top five. Having to repeat details... Once you get transferred to someone else.
0: Oh yeah. Different department. Oh, sorry. That's a different department. Thanks for telling us your whole story. It took five minutes. We're going to transfer you to another department to talk about it again.
1: Okay. But that, that, that's, I don't understand because I know that I authenticated. I did enter my personal identification number or pin. I did give out my name and my address and my postal code and I don't know the, my mother's maiden name and my fucking bank account and everything else under the sun. Why does the next person not take the word of the first person that did confirm you? Why do I have to confirm myself again?
0: I don't know. When it comes to high security things like, like a bank or a credit card, I'm okay with doing that. That doesn't bother me. It's the scenario. If I have to tell you the scenario all over again and explain it to you the second time, that's where I have an issue. I have no problem. You double up your security. That makes me feel good as a customer, actually.
1: I don't understand. If I authenticate wirelessly over the phone... And then I speak to a person who's like, okay, your name and give me your street address. And and what's your postal code? What's your date of birth? Okay, fine. You know, it's me now. If you're going to hand me off to somebody else, just tell them he's already confirmed. You don't need to make him give that information again. It's ridiculous. Number two, having to call or follow up multiple times to solve the same problem.
0: Oh yeah. That's annoying. Of course.
1: Yeah. I mean, I think the best example of that is maybe you're having a problem with your cable okay, the the modem's not working, or the guide's not displaying, whatever. You call. They say, okay, do this. Okay, it should be fixed. Give it about 15 minutes, turn it off, and then turn it back on. You wait 20 minutes, turn it off, and turn it back on, and lo and behold, it's not fixed, and you have to phone them back. That's what they mean by that, and I get it. That's irritating. Only having one option to reach out. Like, you have to call. There's no email address. There's no virtual attendant. There's none of it. You can only call, and it's probably during like 1 p.m. and 4 p.m. Pacific time, and God help you if you don't call uh, within half an hour of when they open, because they'll be closed by the time you get off hold. Some companies are like that. It's like they don't actually want to talk to you.
0: (laughs) It probably is the case.
1: (laughs) Not being able to reach a real person quickly and easily.
0: Oh, it never is. And then you hit, you hit 0 in the hopes that that's going to do the trick, right? You like you hear the the machine going, right? And it's and I've recorded many in my in my days like Me too. I just did calling... two of them yesterday. Me too. I just did a couple too. So it's be like, oh, thank you for calling American Broadband. There's one example of one that I do. Blah, 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 blah. And then they don't stop talking, you know, whatever, for five minutes. And so you're just like hitting zero, like, come on, I want to talk to someone. I don't want to talk to you, robot lady. I, and I get it. I've been there too. But then they'll do the thing on purpose where they don't accept any dial tones until they're done their spiel of, do doo uh, whatever, we've been experiencing longer than usual call, like, wait times and call volumes. Please hang in. And you're like, fuck.
1: Okay, but they do that on purpose, I think. I yeah. think they actually sit down and say, we need to create as many obstacles as possible for this person to actually talk or make it so unappealing for people to call this number that they won't even want to call. They'll just figure it out on their own. They'll Google it. They'll ask a neighbor, whatever.
0: My favorite is to when you've already done the other option before you've called. So maybe that's a website. Maybe that's an email, whatever it is. And you've already done that. You've been through that process or you've gone to the website. It's confusing. You can't figure out how people can help you. And then you're like, F it, I'm going to call. And then they start off the, the call recording with, did you know that you can go to www.blahblahblah.com and we can get your issue resolved there? Like, no, you can't. I tried it. It's not working. That's bullshit. Let it me- doesn't work. <laughs> That's, that is a crock of shit. I tried that. That's a goddamn lie. Now I want to talk to a person, please.
1: Bad on hold music. Yeah, I it, can answer that one.
0: Is any of it really good? No.
1: The reason you hear bad on hold music it's- is because of the, the, the production that puts that voicemail voice there. Uh, in a lot of cases, you need to use something royalty-free. They can't put... Fucking Kanye West on their voicemail. They'd have to pay royalties for that. It doesn't work that way. Back
0: in the day, you used to be able to connect a uh, a radio, or maybe it's just because I've worked with so many radio stations, but you used to be able to put your radio station as the hold. I don't think you can do that like regular companies can do that anymore.
1: Not anymore. No, No. it's got to be that generic, on-hold, royalty-free music.
0: It's it's irritating. But I also
1: think that's part of the whole disincentive to call. They don't actually want you to call because they'd like to have as few people as possible running the desk. And they also know customer service in some cases is kind of like the emergency room, right? There's a lot of people calling customer service that are just lazy. You could have figured that out on your own. You didn't need to call customer service to figure out why your TV has no volume. Did you try the mute button? Oh shit, it was muted. Look at that. Okay. you? You know, stupid shit like that. There's some people that have actual Issues that need resolving, but the lines get taken up with a bunch of dumb shit and there's never enough people answering those phones anyway. A few more that made the top 10 include bad connection. That does seem to happen a lot. Is that because there's still people working from home?
0: Yeah, I think that that's exactly it. Yep.
1: Having a hard time hearing them all the time lately, not being able to resolve an issue online and too many button options. To talk to a customer service rep, press 9. To talk to a different customer yeah. service rep, press yeah. 7. If this, if this is, is about a that, billing, call yeah. press 6. <laughs> just let me talk to somebody. <laughs> My favorite is you can catch them sometimes just trying to load up the menu. Maybe they're trying to make themselves seem like a bigger company than they are, but I've heard them say to speak to a customer service agent, press 1. To speak to billing and accounting, press 2. To talk about your bill, press 3. Like, well fuck, that could have been one, two, or three. Which <laughs> yeah. one do I press?
0: And if and if you're worried if you push the wrong one, you're gonna be sent into some wormhole and then have to go back out to the original message eventually. Like, oh, we can't help you with that. Let me put you back on hold. Like, no! Nah! Don't do it.
1: What do you think of the option? Because some companies do it now where you can leave a number and we'll call you back at a time that's convenient for you. I
0: love it because I hate that irritating on hold uh, songs that you were just talking about. I don't want to listen to them and I have other shit to do. I have no problem. You want to give me a call back? I'm good with that. And usually they'll give you a rough time. Like the current wait time is 45 minutes. Like uh, if you want, give us a callback number. Great. Because I'm not sitting here for 45 minutes. No way. So I'll take that every time.
1: I don't know if I believe them sometimes when they say the current call volume uh, estimates your call will be answered in 35 minutes. I'm thinking there's no fucking way. Some of the, I don't know who calls some of these people. I actually had to call a customer service number for a weather station that I got as a gift. One of those things that tells you what the barometric pressure is and how much rainfall you've had outside your house mm-hmm. and how the wind's going. There's no fucking way. This company's been in business for 40 years. There's no way an abundance of people just happened to get one around my birthday. And yet they're trying to tell me it's a 55-minute wait. Get out of here. No, it's not. You just don't person, want to talk to there's people. There's
0: probably just one person on customer service. That's why.
1: And they're probably on call. They probably get a text yeah. to wake them up and say, can you call this asshole in Canada back? <laughs> Sometime in, th- in the next 30 minutes, we told him <laughs> you call. Apparently, he can't figure out where north is. <laughs> I did know where north was. I just couldn't get the thing to point that way. (laughs) Uh, One more thing. It's an issue that we will all deal with fairly often. They now estimate that in our lifetime, we get hangry. Yes. More than 21,000 times. 21,000 times in our life, we will get that irritable feeling because we feel like we want food. Sure. You're a hangry person, aren't you?
0: Um, if I'm really hungry, yeah, I find it actually hard to concentrate. It's more so like I need to probably eat something before I can really do this because it is brain brain food for me.
1: Okay. I get hangry, but I get hangry at the weirdest times. I get hangry at like nine 30 at night when I shouldn't be eating. I sh- it's too close to bedtime. And that's when I get the whole, God damn it. I want some chips. I want a bowl of ice cream, but fuck I'm on a diet. So Arr. it's, it's
0: more so you are, you're, you get hangry for like the, the goodies and stuff like that. Not so much for like, Oh, I could, I'm going to have some chicken.
1: Well, see, it doesn't really <laughs> matter to me because there's usually leftovers in the house. So I could go to the kitchen and there's probably chicken in there. Or I could go to the cupboard and I know there's some Cheez-Its in there. Or I can go to the pantry and I know there's some nuts in there. Whatever it is, I just feel like something and I won't let myself do it. And I know that that gets me kind of hangry. But they say 74% of us admit at least five times a week they get five times
0: a week. Wow. That's higher than I thought. But really when I think about it, for me, I don't eat breakfast. I don't eat any food in the morning. I have coffee. That's all I have. And so like, even as of right now, I haven't eaten anything and I won't eat anything until usually I get home. And then what happens is what do I do after the show? I usually run errands. That's the time where I go and I maybe do grocery shopping, which they say Never do it hangry. No, you're right. But I've done it. Or I have, oh, I have to go pick up this or mail this or drop this off. And that's when I do it is after the show. And that's when I find I'm the most hangry. It's like I need to eat something I haven't eaten at all. And it's our already- it's one o'clock and I was up at at four AM and I haven't eaten a thing. And that's when I'll probably get hangry.
1: At home is the place you're most likely to become hangry, which is weird because it's probably the place where you have the most access to food. It's accessible. Yeah. But you got to make it or you got to order it. And and maybe people don't like that. Maybe it's just not a good time at home. At work is the second place you're most likely to be hangry. Oh, sure. While you're out shopping. Yep. Running errands. Mm -hmm. Traveling like on a long drive or a flight. You get hangry. Maybe that's where all the air rage is coming from. Maybe it has nothing to do with Arrive Maybe Maybe they're just
0: fucking hungry. If some some of the airline companies would actually hand out food during flights, that would probably be helpful, you cheap pricks. Hey, do you want another cookie? Here you go. Yeah, I'd
1: like the whole fucking box of cookies. I've been on this
0: flight for seven hours. How about a meal? How about not spending $25 on a shitty wrap? How about giving me something yeah. substance for less money, then maybe I'll do it. Because that's what it usually is, right? Like, I'm not spending that much money on that.
1: We also get hangry while we're exercising. I can see that for yep. sure. Yep. At a doctor's appointment. Who gets hungry at the doctor? I think the last thing you I want to do is eat when I'm at a doctor's a
0: lot of this, A lot of these places, though, it's, like, it's about waiting. Yeah. Like you have to wait and there's a lot of waiting and it sometimes takes longer than you think to be at the doctor's office. You think, oh yeah, I'll be in and out in 20 minutes. No, You're waiting for minimum 20 minutes. And then next thing you know, like, ah, fuck, I should have ate something. I'm hungry.
1: At a pool or the beach, you could get hangry. Okay. The, The last two actually make a lot of sense. Number nine is at a sporting event. Oh. Yeah. I get hangry. Sitting at a Raptors game, and and I know that there's endless options. I could just walk onto the mezzanine and boom, I get a popcorn or fucking Berkey dog, hot, or, oh yeah, or whatever, oh yeah. yeah, no problem. I do have a problem with paying nine dollars for a jumbo I hot know. dog. I have a problem paying twelve dollars for a bag of popcorn. I agree. So I'd rather be miserable and hangry than give them that much money for something that costs them about twenty one cents ah it's infuriating isn't it i'm getting i'm getting getting angry about being hangry (laughs) right now number 10 is it a movie theater and it's probably the same thing or maybe you just don't want to miss the movie
0: oh you're hangry but you don't want to get up right
1: now i don't know what's gonna happen and there's no pause button here in this theater
0: yeah i didn't pack anything in my purse it could That's be that. That's why you do that.
1: Just do it. It could be the concession prices. Could be lack of availability. Maybe you're on a date. Or maybe you just feel like a fat fuck. If you just ate a whole <laughs> bag of popcorn and you're still hungry, yeah, maybe you'll get a little hangry. Like, oh, fuck, I want to eat something. No, you just <laughs> ate a whole bag of popcorn. You need to tell yourself oh, you're not hungry. That guy in front of me has a poutine. It smells good. <laughs> that too. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> One more thing that came out of this, and we'll end on this. It's a stat that came from the same poll asking about hangry. Almost one in three, 28% admit they have eaten food out of the trash before.
0: (gasps) Oh my God. That's the amount of people that actually admitted it too. Yeah. So it's probably higher. Sure. No, once it goes in there, it's done. That's it. Okay. But let me me give you an example. Okay. Okay, (laughs) You've done it. I can tell.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, I haven't eaten out of the... I wasn't dumpster diving, but I mean, sometimes... (laughs) Things mistakenly get thrown out or whatever. So here's an example. McDonald's, McCafe, it's National Coffee Day. They came in this morning and they brought us a, a couple carafes of coffee and a box of mini donuts and, and uh, some muffins very and stuff nice like that. That's it, it, very nice. It was great. Thank you, McCafe and McDonald's. We appreciate it. Now, at the end of the day, because Thursday is the new Friday this week, they're probably just going to throw that box of muffins in the garbage. And I doubt all those muffins are going to get eaten. If I happen to come in here tomorrow morning and I saw that a whole box of muffins got thrown in the the garbage container or even over in the pile that's going to garbage, the actual muffins didn't touch anything gross. I could open the box and grab a muffin and leave the rest, right? Because it's still a perfectly good muffin. It's just not everybody ate them yesterday.
0: Hey, trash boy. Oh,
1: fuck. I knew you were going to do that. Trash boy. Is that really...
0: (laughs) Is that, is that,
1: like I said, I'm not diving in the dumpster outside McDonald's looking for a, a half a Big Mac. Oh, people do though. Oh, they do. You're absolutely do. right. But is that bad eating out of the garbage? Cause it is eating out of the garbage, but it's not really eating garbage.
0: Uh, I mean what, it depends on your, on how you think of it. Like in your mind, you've made it clear that it's not garbage. Even, even though it's in the garbage, it's in a box. So although technically it's in the garbage, it's in a box in the garbage. So it doesn't count. It didn't touch any other garbage. So you would say, no, I, I don't think that's garbage. But it would technically be garbage.
1: Is there like Wouldn't a five-second rule or
0: anything? If
1: it was in the garbage, but it didn't actually stay in there for very long, I can still eat it?
0: I don't know, man. I'm, I'm weary about anything open. So let's say, use your example, but let's go over to Frito-Lay. Frito-Lay has to chuck away Uh, uh, boxes of chips sometimes. If the box gets damaged, all the chips inside are no good, which doesn't make sense because the bags didn't actually get touched or crushed. But nope, it's no good now. The box is dented. Throw that out. Well, the chips are in their own separate little life form inside the box. So that I don't think is as garbagey as like a muffin in a a thing because garbage can still seep through and touch it. But if it's pre-packaged... Seeping garbage, really? Seeping garbage. Okay. So if it's pre-packaged, then maybe I would let you have that argument. If it was a pre-packaged muffin inside a box inside the garbage, I, you're still garbage picking, though. Like ah. it's still You're still a garbage picker. Garbage picker.
1: Oh, I'm going to follow you around. <laughs> and if I see you make one <laughs> wrong hope. move, you will get a nickname. <laughs> <laughs> we got to go, guys. Have a fantastic weekend for most, long weekend for some. We'll be back Monday with another brand new episode of After 9. In the meantime, hit the subscribe button, tell a friend. Uh, you can leave us a review in Spotify or, or Apple Podcast or wherever yeah, you listen. Yeah, we'd love that. Have a good one. Be safe. Bye. Kia recalled 70,000 Sorento and Sportage SUVs after multiple reports of fires and localized melting incidents. <laughs> He was like, look, on the bright side, you now have the world's biggest panini maker. So that's pretty good. I mean... Britain's Prince George reportedly told his classmates, quote, My dad will be king, so you better watch out. (laughs) Which you have to admit is a crushing comeback for a nine-year-old. Tag, you're it. If by it, you mean the once and future king... (laughs) For the first time in 10 years, M&Ms are adding a new character to the mix—a purple peanut M&M. Yeah, I guess the blue and red M&Ms date went really well. What? Uh, and finally, after receiving criticism from viewers, Netflix removed the LGBTQ tag from its new series about serial killer Jeffrey Dahmer. On the downside, they left the food and travel tag. <laughs>